Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento, California. As you might notice, I'm having some fun with my titles these days. And the title today is, You Don't Know What You Don't Know Until You Know. Where does that come from? Well, you know... I spend a lot of time thinking about how hard we are on ourselves, um, and when, especially when it comes to spirituality, and it's like, well, I didn't know that, and I didn't know that, and then I'm a bad person because I didn't know that, and it's like, how are you supposed to know this unless someone tells you, unless you learn it somewhere? You know, long, long time ago, um, back in the 1990s, I did computer instruction for an, at an Air Force base, and the people that I, that I were in my classes were all in their 40s, 50s, and maybe even some in their 60s, and they were having to learn how to use Microsoft Office for the very first time. These people were so nervous, and they were embarrassed because they didn't already know what I was going to be teaching them. So at least once or twice a week, I was saying to somebody, how would you possibly know this if you've never done this before? How, you know, you're not supposed to magically know how to do these things before we teach them. And that brought back a memory from my childhood is between second and third grade. And that particular situation reminded me of something that happened to me between second and third grade. Now, third grade was when they started teaching us cursive. So first and second grade was printing. And probably if you'd gone to a kindergarten back then, you printed in kindergarten. I didn't go to kindergarten. So first and second grade, we were printing. And then I was really excited because we were going to go into third grade and learn how to write cursive. And I was talking to some older kids during the summer between, between grades. And one of the kids said, well, you already have to know how to write cursive or they won't let you into third grade. When you're that young, you're not going to really think about going home and asking your parents. You just believe what the other kids tell you. And so I went into third grade absolutely terrified. Yet everything was fine and I learned how to write cursive. But that stayed with me the rest of my school life is that I thought that I was supposed to know what was going to be taught in the class before I went into the class. I was fully an adult before I started figuring it out. And then I thought, well, there must be something really weird with me. But now I have found out over these years of teaching people, whether it was teaching software or teaching people metaphysics or whatever it is, whatever situation I'm in, people think, in general, we think that we're supposed to know something before it's even taught to us. So this podcast is intended to partly, let, not partly, to totally let you off the hook there. If you don't know how to do something, it's because you haven't learned it yet. If you think it's something you should have learned when you were young, let yourself off the hook here as well, because guess what? We can't learn everything that we need to know when we're growing up. We learn different things. You know, a lot of people I knew learned how to manage money and do certain things. I didn't learn how to do that, actually, to really manage money until I was in my 40s. But I learned a lot of other things that the people who were managing their money didn't know how to do. So we learned different things at different times in our lives. And I know that the younger generations and the people who talk about millennials, who are probably actually talking about the people younger than the millennials, because nobody knows what generation we're talking about anymore, we, there is this tendency to say that the younger people don't know what they're, how to do things. Well, 
the truth is, is that we all don't know how to do things. Those, and and we, we don't learn everything all at once. So let go of that. Allow yourself to be the person who you are in any one moment, knowing what you know in any one moment. When we look at this from the spiritual perspective, this is all consciousness. All we are is consciousness. We're bodies walking around in consciousness. And the only things that we are know, can know, are what are already in our consciousness. Well, what does that mean? Good example is, hey, you're driving down a street that you drive down every single day, and you've driven down that street every single day for the past 10 years. And you look over and you see a building that you've never seen before. And you go, I didn't even know that was there. And then you think about it and you try to figure out, is that a new building? And then you find out that that building's been there for 30 years. You never noticed it. It wasn't part of your consciousness. Now that you have seen it and registered it, it's in your consciousness and you know about that building. And it's not like you're going to be walking around thinking about that building all the time. But when you drive by it, you might notice it now. And hey, maybe it's been a building you needed to know about. So, you know, that's a bonus. But it wasn't in your consciousness. And so you couldn't know about that building until you saw it and it registered with you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with any of us when we don't know certain things. We, we can only focus on so much at one time. We can only remember so much at one time. And we are naturally built to sort out and ignore the things that aren't relevant to us. I read somewhere that we actually can see a lot farther than we think we can, but our brain cancels all that out because we don't need to see, say, a mile away. What I need to see is in my current environment. I need to see five feet away, 10 feet away. When I'm driving, I need to see farther. But even when I'm driving, I don't need to see a mile or two ahead because that would just be distracting me from what's going on right in front of me, if that makes any sense at all, and I hope it does. So when it comes into your consciousness, rather than saying, well, I should have known that, it's like, no, you shouldn't have known that. It wasn't there yet. And now that you know, now you have a little responsibility to that piece of knowledge. So please show it some respect, even if you never really think about that piece of knowledge again. There's another area of not knowing that is really very passive for us. And I'm not quite sure how to get into this. So I'm just going to keep talking and hope it starts to make sense. So As a person grows up, as you grow up in your family, your family is normal to you. Whatever dynamic is going on in your family, that is what you think is normal. And then you might go out into the world and you see that other families do things differently. They talk to each other differently. They treat each other differently. But still, your family, the environment that you grew up in, is what is normal for you. This is why people who are in abusive situations, whether it's family, spouse, whatever the abusive situation, even work situations, is because it becomes normal, or if you've grown up in that, it, you don't know that there's another way of being. And you don't have any way of knowing that there's another be- way of being because it's your family. And that's, you know, you're, you're there, you're cocooned in this family situation until you get to be older. Uh, there was a, a, a person who I, I dealt with several, many years ago. And she came to my house one day and she had a black eye. And I looked at her and I said, you know that that's not okay, don't you? And she looked me straight in the eye and she said, you know, I know 
that I'm supposed to know that it's not okay, but I'm not there yet. She worked on herself, and she listened to people, and she did her own work, and eventually she got herself out of the situation she was in. But for her, being knocked around was so normal that it kind she while she didn't like it, it kind of didn't occur to her that it could be different. Now, that's an extreme situation. We all have situations like that. I mean, you might be, a lot of people talk about their work. And right now, as we are doing this post-pandemic thing of who wants to work where and who doesn't want to work where, when I was younger, you got a job and you stayed with the job and you put up with whatever was going on and you kept your head down and you did your job because, hey, it was a job. And of course, a lot of workplaces were like that. And so you just did what you did and uh, went home and, you know, complained about it to your spouse and went on with your life. And you'll notice, of course, in this day and age, in 2022, people are figuring out that they don't have to live and work in a toxic environment. And I think it's interesting that it, the awareness that workplaces can be really toxic is becoming more, more evident and, and less tolerated than the, the domestic side, which also makes sense because domestic situations are so intimate and so complicated. But the idea that I don't have to have a job where my boss is mean to me, I don't have to do you know work with a bunch of people who bully me, that's a wonderful awareness to have. But this is new. And it's new because nobody really realized it. Um, Well, people individual, individuals realized it, but it didn't become sort of like a common consciousness until the shutdown of the pandemic. And then people became free from that environment that 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 enclosed workspace where you had to put up with whatever was going on. And it's changing the face of the, of, of the working world. But see, you didn't know it until you knew that you, you, you didn't know that you didn't know it until you knew it. Meaning it was like, I don't really like this, but oh, wait a minute. Now that I'm out of it, how incredibly toxic was that? Oh, that was really uncomfortable. That was miserable. You know, and I've talked to people who've gotten out of relationships and they've said to me, I didn't realize how bad it was until I got out. Because you only know what's in your consciousness at the moment. Now, I'm talking about toxic relationships. I'm talking about negative stuff. But it's also true about joy and happy things because a lot of times we don't realize how happy we can be. We don't know that feeling of joy because we haven't had it. Now, I'm not saying that we never have joy, but I'm saying that to like to be able to have a job uh, where you actually make money and enjoy yourself and feel really good about what you're doing, you don't know that you can have that until you have a little taste of it. And it's a very cool thing when you get a taste of that joy, of that freedom. We get complacent. We stop where we are because it feels a little bit safer that way. I mean, I know someone who's, who can, whose mantra is, the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know. And I always disagree with that because a lot of, I mean, if a situation is really miserable and uncomfortable, why should you stay miserable and comfortable? and uncomfortable. Maybe you have no idea what you would do. Maybe you have no idea 
how you would change it. Maybe you have no idea what would come after, but giving yourself permission to look into it, to find out new stuff, to find out what you don't know. So then you'll know where to go next. But sometimes taking that step out is the healthiest thing you can do. Changing the job, changing, hey, even changing your hairstyle or the way you dress. I mean, this goes to every aspect of your life. Silly as it may sound, my sister wore her hair long when she was in high school and when she went to college. And then she went one day to get a haircut and decided to cut her hair short. And she found out that she had naturally curly hair. Okay, again, maybe that sounds silly, but it was something she didn't know because her hair was long and it pulled all of the curl out, and all of a sudden she had this great haircut that took almost no work. She didn't know until she knew. So it's not just all of that kind of icky negative stuff I was talking about a little while ago, because all of that is true too. But if we stay open to new ideas, Every single day, it's amazing what new information we will get, what new insights we will have to keep us going in a new and and wonderfully creative and upward-looking environment and, and, and consciousness. Allowing yourself to not know, allowing yourself to be confused, allowing yourself to wander around a little bit is actually a very healthy thing. You know, Deepak Chopra says that being able to live with ambiguity is a sign of spiritual maturity. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what's coming next. We want to know what we're supposed to do. We don't feel safe a lot of the times until we know. And that's one of the reasons we stay in some of these other situations is because we don't know another way of doing it. And so we stay instead of changing, instead of making a change. I mean, changing a hairstyle can actually be a big deal for someone. Taking one little step out in a different direction can be huge for a person. Some of us do change more easily than others. Some of us get bored really easily and want to know what else is going on. And at the same time, we don't know, we don't know what that other thing is. We don't know where we're going to go next. We don't know what's coming next. And yes, it makes us uncomfortable, but being uncomfortable is the only way that we move forward. It's the only way we can move forward. So when you get into a situation where you are uncomfortable, you don't like what's going on, Maybe stop and ask yourself a few questions. It's like, okay, what is going on? Why don't I like it? What makes me uncomfortable about it? What do I think I know about this? And what is it that I might not know? Actually ask the question of, hey, what don't I know here? And start to investigate. Just and, and, and sometimes just asking the question to yourself will start to open you up to looking at seeing things a different way. And of course, you can go talk to other people and say, all right, there's this situation and this is what's going on there. How would that be different for you? What would you do? Not in the way of asking them advice and asking them to tell you what to do, but to get their perspective on it. And, you know, they might they might very well just turn around and project all their fears on you. And that's not a good thing. And you don't have to accept that. But if you do this with someone you trust, someone that you respect, someone that understands what you're trying to do is just get a different perspective as opposed to asking advice and say, all right, this is how I see this. What's another way of looking at it? 
And that way of looking at it might not come anywhere near what it is you, what works for you. But it gives you, a, you, it makes you look at it from a different angle. It's like you're, you're in a house and all of the windows in the back of the house look out on the backyard. But you look at the backyard from different angles. When you go to this window, you see the swing set. From this window, you see um, the sandbox. From this other window, you see the beautiful oak tree. So going and looking at all the different windows to get a different perspective is really healthy. There is a very definite difference between doing this investigation on your own and asking other people for actual advice. And please try to understand that difference. How, would, how do you look at this is one thing. What should I do and how should I do it is another question. To be in real spiritual integrity with yourself, you're doing your own work. You're doing your own investigation. You're asking the kinds of questions that will help you open up to spirit, open up to your own intuition. See, here's the deal is when I say we don't know what we don't know until we know, the truth is, is that everything is there for us. And we, we do on some level know all of this stuff, but it's not in our awareness. It's not conscious. Driving down that street and looking at that building brings that building into your consciousness, just as observing other people, observing other families, observing other people in the workplace, listening to other people's stories about their workplace. It gives you a perspective on, well, this is better, this is worse, and I'm not talking about in terms of judgment, it just gives you perspective. And there's one thing I will warn you about as well, it's, it's like there's this thing that people do when they say, this was not a good situation, but a lot of people have had it worse. When you do that, on one level, yes, you are showing compassion to other people, and you're trying not to be a victim. At the same time, you are devaluing your own feeling and your own experience, which is why I, I'm saying don't, don't go into this whole thing of, well, I'm, this is better, my situation is better or worse than yours. The comparison doesn't really do any good. Um, like I said, I think we often do that to help pull ourselves out of being the victim because we don't want to be the victim. Uh, and we want to acknowledge that we have something going on. And so we do this kind of devaluing thing. And the thing is, is every single experience that we have is valid. Every feeling we have is valid. What we do with it, again, I know I keep coming back to this, but what we do with it is what is the most important part, which is why understanding that there's a lot you don't know. There's a lot going on out there that's not even in your consciousness yet. And understanding that you can, you can find what you need and bring it into your consciousness so that it is a part of your life. It is a part of you. Think about it. Every time you learn something new, that becomes part of your world. As we have the, the joke of, well, I can't unsee that now. You know, now I know that. I can't unknow it now. Well, you can't. I mean, you, you can't unknow something, but there's a lot of things you don't have to think about anymore if you don't want to. But allow yourself to not know. Allow yourself to wonder. 
Because if you don't know, and then you start to wonder and ask questions, it's amazing what will come up in your life and what you will learn about yourself, about other people, about the world, and mostly about how the Spirit works in and through you, giving you the information you need, guiding you to the insights, guiding you to the people who can lead you in direction that you want to do. When you open up like that, it is the most amazing thing. So allow yourself to not know until you know. So give yourself a break, kick back, allow your process to work, Try not to freak out when you don't know what's going to happen next because the right thing will happen. If you trust and you stay connected with spirit and you take your time and you do your own work, the right thing will happen in the right time with the right people. So I really hope that you can spend this week understanding that you don't know what you don't know until you know And I wish you a very open, insightful, and productive week. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now, until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.